0: Being equipped for the work God has called us to do. That's the topic today on Bold Steps with Mark Job.
1: Spiritual leaders help you discover the gifts and abilities that are inside of you so that you begin to realize God can use me. And I have the ability to pray and minister and reach out and do the stuff that the holy men do. Because why? Because I am holy too.
0: Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. We're going to talk about the power of God in us today. Mark, I've heard you say that you believe Christians seriously underestimate that power and provision.
1: I really do, Wayne. And so many people are used to the concept of going to a service and having a pastor, a rabbi, a priest to sort of do the holy things. Mm-hmm. But that's not at all... The picture that God gives us in yeah, Scripture. That's not biblical
0: Christianity. No, is it's it? not. No.
1: All of us have gifts. All of us have a calling. All of us need to roll up our sleeves and say, God, use me. So in this message, you're going to discover a little bit how God has wired you to use you.
0: I like the title, Unleashing People Power. <laughs> Let's get into today's message now with Mark Job.
1: And there's four principles. I've distilled it down to four principles I want you to remember as we talk about releasing the power of God among his people. And I want to begin reading in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7. I'm reading out of the New International Version. It says, but to each one of us, that's us, that's people that believe, to each one of us, grace has been given, as Christ apportioned it. Now let me stop there. To each one of us, grace has been given. The word in the Greek for grace is charis. I've told you this before, but it's the word that we get charisma from. It's the word we get charismatic from. Uh, Charis means a gift that God gives us that we can't earn, we can't deserve, we can't work for. It has nothing to do with how good you are or how bad you are. It has nothing to do with how long you pray or don't pray, how much of the Bible you read or don't read, how many sins you've committed or haven't committed. It has nothing to do with the quality of your lifestyle. It has everything to do with, what, with the good pleasure of God. So what he says is to each one of us as believers, people that know Jesus Christ and have his spirit inside of us, to each one of us, a charis has been given, a gift has been given, a grace has been given. Not to some. It's not... One, two, three, you get it. One, two, three, you get it. One, two, three, you get it. No, it's to everyone. Every single person has received this gift. These gifts. It may be one gift. It may be multiple gifts. It doesn't really explain it in this passage, but in other passages of Scripture it does. These gifts have to do with supernatural, what we could call talents, or supernatural abilities that God Gives to you not just for you to enjoy but for you to use for the benefit of others. It may be the gift of encouragement, or it may be the gift of faith, it may be the gift of exhortation, the gift of mercy, it may be the gift of healing, it may be the gift of word of wisdom. It may be the gift of administration. I mean, there's a whole bunch of gifts that could be given, but they are given to you not for yourself. They're given to you so that as you use those gifts, you actually begin to build up and empower, help the people that are around you. Your gift is a gift to this body. So he says, but to each one of us, a gift has been given as Christ apportioned it. Verse 8. Now, this is a bit of a tough passage here, so stay with me. It says, This is why it says, now he quotes Psalm 68 out of the Old Testament. When he ascended on high, when Christ ascended on high, he led captives, prisoners, another translation says, in his train or in his entourage. So, when Christ ascended on high, he led prisoners in his entourage and he gave gifts to men. Quoting Psalm 68. Now, Paul knows that's kind of difficult for people to understand what he's saying. So, in verse 9, he explains what he's saying. What does he ascended? What does Christ ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Now, what is Paul saying? Paul is giving us the image of Christ as a victorious conqueror. When when a warrior goes off to war and he wins the battle, he gets to keep the spoils of the battle that he's won. And he gets to take all the spoils with him. And then when he comes back to his own camp or to his own city, he distributes the spoils or the gifts that he has to those that he loves. Why? Because he's victorious and now he can share in his victory. The image that he gives us is Jesus coming to earth, victorious, being put to death, descending to the lower regions, which means he was buried, resurrecting on the third day. Uh, After 40 days, the Bible says that the disciples were gathered around and Jesus levitated. Wouldn't that have been fun to watch? They're there around him and Jesus starts levitating off the earth, slowly, he's rising, floating, He stops as the disciples stand there with their mouths open wide like, Hey, Jesus just did this balloon disappearing act on us. Now, what are we supposed to do here? And as they stand there with their mouths open, an angel says to him, Why do you stand there basically with your mouths open wide? This Jesus that has now ascended will in the same way descend when he comes again and he left. When Jesus was in the grave, he he defeated the power of sin, the power of death, and the power of demons and powers and principalities because only if you have sinned can the grave keep you down. Uh, You know, theologically, you need to understand that. The reason that Jesus rose from the grave is that Jesus had no sin. He was sinless. So therefore, the grave could not tie him down. There was no power in death because he was sinless. So he raised on the third day, and he ascended to heaven, and he sits at the right hand of the Father placing all principalities and rulers and everything under his feet. And because he's victorious and he's conquered death and Satan and sin and disease, he's conquered all of that. He has the ability and the power to give gifts to whoever he wants to give gifts. Why? Because he is victorious. Now, I know once in a while I'll run into someone that says, I wish I would have lived when Jesus lived. Man, it would have been so cool just to hear Jesus walk beside him, see what he looks like. What did his voice sound like? It would have been so, so cool just to sit at the feet of Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, I got four questions. I just wondered, you know, since Adam was never born really since he was created, did he have a belly button Or whatever question you may ask them. I'm sure you got a better one than that. And I know people that really think that they would love to have lived when Jesus was on earth. But here's the thing. It tells us in John chapter 15 and 16 that the reason that Jesus left, Jesus said, I must go because if I go, I will send to you. Oh, I will send to you the helper, the parakalite, the advocate, the one that walks alongside of you, your own personal coach. As long as I'm on earth, listen, if Jesus were on earth today, you know, he would have 12 apostles. And I know some of you think that he would choose you as an apostle, but okay, let's just say he didn't choose you. Then there's some crowd. Believe me, you wouldn't be palling around with Jesus. You'd be at the back of some crowd saying, Jesus, over here. And it's hard to get access to Jesus if you were physically here. So Jesus left so that you would not have to have that problem. So every believer that would come thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon ten thousands of believers that would come after him would have direct access to him so that now, via the Holy Spirit... The spirit of Jesus is in every single believer 24 hours a day, coaching, empowering, guiding, giving wisdom. He's there when you go to sleep and there when you get up. He's there when you ride the L and he's there when you drive in traffic. He's there when you're at a Bears game and a Bulls game. He's there when you're in the kitchen and he's there when you're in the office. He's there there all of the time it's a powerful thing to have the presence of Christ inside of you and that's why Jesus left so that the presence of Christ would be inside of us and along with the presence of the Holy Spirit comes the gifts of the Holy Spirit as well
0: You're listening to bold steps with Pastor Mark Joe Moore today's message in just a moment as you stay with us. But I want to take a moment and say thank you, Mark, to our bold partners. We could not be here every day with this program were it not for our bold partners.
1: Yeah, we don't get to say thank you as much as we would like, but we want to just say a very warm heartfelt thank you to those of you that decide to give every month mm-hmm. to the program to help us spread the good news. And this number is growing and we want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Yes. Thank you for considering becoming a bold partner today at boldstepsradio.org. By the way, if you haven't already be sure to subscribe to the bold steps podcast on your phone or mobile device. That way you'll be able to hear these messages while you're out on the go, perhaps during a workout or running errands. All you have to do is open your podcast app, search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and click subscribe. Of course, we also encourage you to leave a comment and a five-star review while you're there. It really helps us reach other listeners with these Bible programs. And for a shorter, more convenient feature, you can also subscribe to the Bold Steps Minute. This 60-second feature from Mark offers encouragement and biblical insight to help you refuel and reconnect with God no matter how busy your schedule gets. Just search for the Bold Steps Minute on your podcast app and subscribe for these helpful daily features or visit boldstepsminute.org. And if you speak Spanish, don't miss Pasos Adathos, the Bold Steps Minute in Spanish for all of our Spanish-speaking friends. It's easy to find right on our homepage. Just look for Pasos Adathis on BoldStepsGlobal.com. Right now, Mark is going to be laying out the second principle when it comes to unleashing people power. Let's get back into the message.
1: The second thing that Paul tells us to remember is not only that each of us has been given a special gift that we have not earned or deserve, but then he also goes on to tell us that we need to remember that the leadership gifts... Oh, I wish you could hear me. This is really huge. That the leadership gifts are given not to do the work of ministry, but to empower or to equip the people to do the work of ministry. Okay. I'm about to show you one of the biggest lies that has affected Christianity down through centuries of existence. Notice what he says. Open your Bibles. Let's start with verse 11. It was he who gave some. He's talking about giving gifts to the body. Everybody has a gift. And now he says he's also given the gift of leaders to the church. And he lists five leadership Offices or callings that he's given to the church. Some people call this the fivefold ministry. He says, and he's given some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. Now, these are callings that he gives. Each one of these callings are different. Trick question here. How many of you believe that there were only 12 apostles? Uh, Since I said it's a trick question, you're not raising your hand. Okay, good. Because although many people believe that there were only 12 apostles, the reality is there's more than 12 apostles. In fact, the fellow that wrote Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, we call him what? Apostle Paul. Now, was Paul one of the twelve that walked with Jesus? No. Paul wasn't even around walking with Jesus when Jesus had his twelve apostles. He wasn't a part of the twelve. In fact, it wasn't until Jesus was crucified, buried, rose again, ascended into heaven, that Paul was even converted. He was converted after Jesus was gone. He was on the road to Damascus and had this encounter in which he had a vision of Jesus, he fell off his horse, he was converted radically, and then he became an apostle, and so they called him the Apostle Paul. So what I want you to understand is that there's more than 12 apostles. There was more than just Paul, there were other apostles in scriptures as well. So what is an apostle? The word apostle means sent with a message. There are some leaders that are apostles that are sent with a message to start. What did the Apostle Paul do after he became converted? He started churches. He would go around, he did several missionary journeys, he started churches, raised leaders, oversaw them, he grew the work, and then he appointed people to do that. That was an apostolic gift. So the apostles are sent out to start work in churches, appoint leaders, get them up and going, and they multiply churches. That's what apostles do. Then there are, he says, not only are some apostles, but then there are some that are prophets. What is a prophet? A prophet is someone that speaks that foretells and forthtells God's word for that moment at that time. Sometimes it involves the foretelling, which means talking about future events, but sometimes it just involves, "Hey, this is what God is saying to us today now." And you know that it's a it's a word from God for us at this moment and this time that we need to hear. That's prophet. And then he says evangelist. Evangelist is someone that proclaims the gospel and recruits people to the cause of Christ. They do it with great anointing. As they proclaim the simple gospel message of Jesus, many people come to Christ. And they have the ability to communicate it simply powerfully with anointing so that many people come to Christ. So you have apostles, prophets, evangelists. Then he says pastors, or another translation is shepherd." what does a shepherd do or a pastor do? A pastor cares for the flock. They make sure that people don't fall away. They make sure that the herding are cared for. They protect the sheep. They watch over the sheep. If someone is straying, they make sure they bring them back. they're, They're concerned about relationships and building the community, making sure that people don't go astray. And then you have teachers. What does a teacher do? A teacher... Understands truth and communicates truth. They break it down. They, under, they, they communicate it in such a way that people understand sometimes complex truth in a simple way because it's taught so people are built up. Fivefold ministry. Say it with me. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Fivefold ministry. Here's what I want you to grasp. Look at verse 12. What is the responsibility and the job of these fivefold ministries? What is it? To do the work of the ministry? No, 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 no. What is it? Say it out loud. To prepare God's people for the work of service. So the, the responsibility of a pastor is not to do the work of God, it's to prepare people to do the work of God. The responsibility of an apostle is not just to plant churches, it's to prepare people to plant churches. The responsibility of a prophet is not just to prophesy, but to prepare people to unleash them into the prophetic. The responsibility of a teacher is not just to teach, but to teach people how to begin to teach and understand the word to release them into that. Listen, The spiritual leader's job is not to do the work of the ministry. It's primarily to empower the people of God to do the work of the ministry. Now, you're not hearing me yet. For years, for centuries, centuries, There has been, in many churches, in many places, a a misunderstanding of this truth. People oftentimes come to church thinking, I'm coming to church because there's two types of people. There's the holy man, and then there's the people. We can call the holy man priest, rabbi, pastor, father, whatever, apostle, whatever. But there's the holy man that does holy things and says holy things and blesses in holy ways and then there's the rest of us that aren't as holy, aren't as called. And so we kind of come see the holy man do his holy thing. There was a time in Christianity where people were told, you should not read the Bible. Leave it up to the clergy to read the Bible and they will explain the Bible. What the Apostle Paul is teaching Is that spiritual leaders, what they do, is they don't pray for everybody, disciple everybody, lead everybody to Christ, marry, bury, and baptize everybody. What spiritual leaders do, is spiritual leaders help you discover the gifts and abilities that are inside of you. So that you begin to realize, God can use me. And I have the Holy Spirit of God inside of me. And I have the ability to pray and minister and reach out and do the stuff that the holy men do because why? Because I am holy too. Washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit.
0: Learning to discover the gifts and abilities you have to further the kingdom This is Bold Steps. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job. Well, we love getting listener letters, and if you would like to connect with us and share your story, we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. That's 820 North LaSalle, Chicago, Illinois 60610. Or connect with us online by visiting boldstepsradio.org. You can also reach out on your favorite social media platform. Just click the like or follow button on Facebook or Instagram, and we look forward to seeing you there. Mark, we have listeners all across the globe, and we're so grateful for that, but some of them are going through very hard times. The Bible promises that God's plan is ultimately for our good, that no scheme of the enemy shall prevail. How do we take that promise to heart, even when our circumstances don't look so good? Yeah, and it's very difficult in
1: the midst of our pain, our tragedy, our loss, to see any good coming out of this. Recently we had one of our professors, Samuel Naman, Dr. Samuel Naman, share of uh, many churches that were burned in Pakistan, where he's from, and uh, people left homeless. And You look at that and you say, this is so tragic, yet. Over the course of history, we've always seen that God will even take things that seem tragic and weave good out of it for his honor and glory and change our character in the process. And so that's why I love Max Lucado's book, God Will Use This for Good, Surviving the Mess of Life, because he helps us understand that even if we're in a painful time, difficult season, a season of tragedy, that that God has not abandoned us, that God has not let us go, that God has a purpose and a plan in all of it, even if we do not see it.
0: And that is great news. All right. Thank you, Mark. And you can have a copy of Max's book when you give that gift of any amount to support this ministry. Just call us at 844-615-7363. Once again, the phone number 844-615-7363 or give online and request the book when you go to boldstepsradio.org. If it's easier, you can send your gift of any amount in the mail along with your book request. The address, Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to join us again tomorrow when Mark will talk about the final two principles for unleashing God's power and provision into the world. Our message comes from our series called When You Believe, Everything Changes. And you can hear it Friday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.